0: Join me here. Everyone needs a soft shoulder. Hello, sweet listener. I don't know if you um, remember the film Splash. If you haven't seen it, I'm about to give some spoilers. <laughs> um, are they still spoilers if the movie is from 1984? That's a, up for debate perhaps, but anyway, um, I won't give you the ending. Uh, <laughs> my um, An old friend of mine, Shannon Riddler, um, used to define spoilers as anything that you didn't know before going to the theater to watch the movie when she used to write uh, film reviews as movie moxie. And I loved that because it was like, people would be like, oh, it's not a spoiler. It's like in the first five minutes. And she's like, yeah, but did you know about it before the first five minutes? Because that's all a part of how you're experiencing the movie, right? Anyway, I really love that and really respect it. But I feel like 1984, if you haven't seen it yet, you've had some time. (laughs) Um anyways so the movie splash if you don't know uh stars leads tom hanks and daryl hannah and daryl hannah plays a mermaid uh that the young boy tom hanks character falls in love with and they meet up again as adults and um the mermaid character is trying to find a way to like it's like you know, whose world are we going to live in? You know, are we country mice or city mice? <laughs> are we sea people? Or are we going to live in New York? I don't know. How does it all turn out? Anyway, so that's the love story. And um, I remember as a kid, as a young girl, really into like mermaidy stuff, I, you know, just of course loved this movie because it was like, this is like a real person. This isn't like those dolls I play with in the tub. This is like Daryl Hannah and there's a, an amazing scene where she just needs to feel her fin and so she gets into the bathtub and uh, I mean this is back before a lot of you know digital special effects so I don't know how they did the transformation of the leg to tail but there's a close up moment where she puts her hand on her thigh. She's probably activating some kind of contraption that <laughs> sets off these scales. It is so fun. And, uh, and I just loved every moment of it. Okay. So there's a scene where the Tom Hanks characters, um, uh, they're walking around and I think this is before he realizes she's a fish. (laughs) So they're walking around and there's a, um, a fountain, this big stone fountain that has a sculpture of a mermaid at the top. And it's like all this water, you know, it's a fountain. And, um, He's telling her that he always felt drawn to this fountain, which of course was very validating for her because this is her self-image, the mermaid. (laughs) And as a treat, she decides to, I guess they're gonna tear down this fountain. And, And so he comes home from work one day to his apartment in New York in a building. And the fountain has now been installed in his living room. It basically takes up the whole living room And it is a fully functioning, it is spouting water. And he is as surprised as anyone would be to see a city fountain now in his apartment. And, you know, she's like, I just wanted to surprise you. They were going to tear it down. So I got you this fountain. Now, this part of the movie, I was like, well, that couldn't happen. (laughs) Which, of course, is absurd because we're talking about a movie that has a lot of things that I was suspending my disbelief for, but for some reason I drew the line at the plumbing and all the logistics of getting this city fountain (laughs) into someone's living room and then somehow, you know, having it function and it didn't destroy the elevator. I don't know. How did it get through the door? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, way. It's not like it's an Ikea fountain. It wasn't coming apart and flattening into a box. But anyways, this takes me out of the film, right? Because I'm like deciding, <laughs> deciding what am I willing to believe and what am I not willing to believe, right? There's a whole lot of ways in which we suspend our disbelief. For entertainment film stories and then there sometimes we we see the line revealed of like oh okay I was on board that there's these aliens and they have these tales and these special powers and they live on this planet sure thing but I just don't believe that this particular alien would have ever betrayed this particular <laughs> alien in that particular way and it's like I don't know I'm out like I, I don't I'm not following the writers (laughs) anymore, (laughs) but it's, you know, we can laugh about it when it's in film and it's something so obvious, but we do this also in our lives with the information that we have. We do this with the information that we have, what we choose to believe and not believe. It's not like we go out, you know, scientifically proving every single thing that we believe or not, but we just make these choices, right? based on all sorts of things but we're making choices and some of them make sense and some of them are questionable. And so this episode I just want to shine a light on where we are making choices. Beliefs are one area, but I'm going to just sort of like like if we were if we were on a motorcycle on this topic together and like, you know, I guess I'm driving, right? I'm the podcast host. (laughs) You know, I'm just going to take a turn, right? So just lean with me. Lean. We're just leaning. We're turning. It's a very subtle lean. I'm actually doing this physically. Uh, We're just leaning to one side, hugging the road, making a little turn. So from choosing what we believe and what we don't, we also choose what we want to feel and what we don't. We choose specifically what kind of pain we want to feel and what kind of pain we don't want to feel. And we might think that we're not choosing, but we have a choice. And especially after you listen to this episode, you will have more of a choice because I'm here to remind you that we do this. And when we can bring some consciousness to things, then we can make conscious choices, right? Um, So let's say you had this dream of, being the lead in the school play in let's say high school elementary school high school right there's auditions and you're like oh my god i want to play the lead i want to sing this song i love this musical so much but you are terrified of (laughs) what would happen if you got the part and your mind the the human brain that wants to protect you will start panicking and it will start picturing, Oh, well, what if everyone laughs at me? What if my voice cracks and I don't hit the notes? What if I actually can't even hit that song? What if I can't memorize my lines? Um, What if I don't even get the part? You know, like there's so many ways in which this situation, this choice could be painful, right? You're setting yourself up for heartbreak when you're taking a leap of something that you really want your heart's desire. And what you may not realize, if that part of your brain who wants to protect you, if that part wins and you choose to go along with that part of the brain and you don't audition for the play, you are not saving yourself pain and discomfort. You are choosing a different kind because what you are choosing instead is the pain of never knowing if you would have gotten the part and the pain of never knowing what it's like to be so nervous you want to throw up before going on stage and the pain of never knowing that you could have been great or the pain of, <laughs> like, um, you know, being booed off stage and getting over it and getting through it, you know, like this is just a human experience. There was no guarantee that you'd get the part and no guarantee that it would go well, right? Because life is not guarantee, handing out everybody like unicorn coupons with a guarantee on it. Right? So we don't know if it it could have been a painful experience, but it also could have been amazing. And instead of knowing what that pain is, the pain that's tied more authentically to your heart's desire and your dreams, you're denying yourself that pain, or you might say, protecting yourself from that pain, but you are choosing instead the pain of knowing that you didn't take a chance and of an unlived dream, and those things do live in us. Maybe it's a lower kind of ache, and maybe one day it kind of comes to the surface, and we just realize that making those decisions again and again over time can be so much more painful. You know, um, I'm sure you've heard this too. I have heard it as well, where regrets of the dying are usually focused entirely on what they didn't do, chances they didn't take, ways in which they didn't live to the fullest or listen to themselves and do what they dreamed of, to say that they loved the person, to try out for the play, to start their own business, to tell their story, right? So, you know, we can't escape pain. (laughs) We can just choose which ones we want to have. And I'm here to invite you to gently notice that we all do this. We all do this. So you don't, hey, you don't have to beat yourself up because it's a human trait. So you're doing nothing wrong so far. (laughs) And shining a light gently on that to see, are you, what kind of pain are you choosing right now? Are you choosing the pain of regret, of the unknown, you know, the pain of living a safe life, safe in quotations, right? Like a smaller life, small also in quotations. (laughs) There's nothing wrong. Safety is important and small is amazing. But I guess, what am I, hmm. you know, this week in The Art of Self-Marriage, I was really, sometimes this happens more than other times um, where I just feel like, I'm so limited by the language that I have. Um, I'm always trying to learn more about language and I know the power of language and sometimes there's just no words or or the language we have in the structures in which they were created in is um, is limiting, right? It's like having a bunch of tools to build a birdcage and I want to I wanna blow a fishbowl out of glass. <laughs> Hey, this is probably why I use like imagery a lot, right? I'm like, words aren't going to do it, but you know what I mean. (laughs) I want to blow a glass bowl for a fish and all I've got are wrenches. What am I going to do with these things? Anyway, where was I? Um, Choosing pain, (laughs) choosing pain. So it's not smaller. It's not safer. It's like, um, what is it? It's like further away from and that might even be a little too kind or generous, but away from our heart's desire, in opposition of our dreams, you know, working against us, dimming our own light from the inside, you know, like, which there's going to be a pain in either direction. And so if you're going to live a life at all, there'll be pain in it. If you're going to live a life where you're following your dreams and you're going after what you want, And I don't just mean, you know, you know, doing good in the uh, capital P productive kind of sense or accomplishments that get lots of rewards. I also mean just being true to yourself and maybe living a different way in not going along with society's rules, in not going with the mainstream, in loving someone that maybe, um, you know, is scary because you don't know if you can be together. You don't know if they love you back. Right. Just like. Anything where it's like, oh, if you could write this, if you could, if you knew you wouldn't fail and if you knew you would be safe and if you knew you'd succeed, what would you secretly really, really want to happen, right? Coming back to that auditioning for the play and it's like, well, if I could write this whole story myself, if I wasn't going to be terrified, if I knew I wasn't going to be booed off stage, but, you know, what would I really want to happen? Well, I'd want to try out. I'd want to get the part that sings the song that I love to sing alone in my bedroom. I'd want to work on it and perfect it and like get so great and feel so confident and have that moment on the stage where I do an amazing job of entertaining people. I feel incredible and I'm so proud of myself and maybe I've made my family proud. I've made people laugh. I've made people cry. I feel like I'm living my purpose, right? Like that's what I mean we all have something in us that just feels right. That feels, um, you know, And I feel like our desires give us a hint of that direction, right? For some people it's super clear and it's, you know, like being in a play. And for some of us it's more subtle and only you can know for sure which one you're choosing, right? Because I'm not in you, in your heart. I don't know what you're feeling. I don't know what you really secretly want. So I don't know what kind of pain you're choosing. I don't know if you're choosing the pain of like the discomfort of this is what I want and I'm willing to be uncomfortable at the risk of getting it or I'm just going to sit with this pain of (laughs) not going after my dreams so I'm not disappointed and never knowing what I'm capable of and never having that taste of, oh just being fully, fully realized and expressive in a moment in time, doing something that I love, connecting with others, you know. There was, um, you know, before I began the Art of Self-Marriage program, I had been developing this work personally in my own life through my own marriage to myself, exploring what that even means. I'm still doing that. I'm 20 years into my marriage to myself. And I guess about halfway in maybe, uh, as I became a coach, I started realizing um, that this work was starting to pique the curiosity of other people and they wanted to know more about it and it was really resonating and it's growing more and more as I've seen over the years. Every year it's more, uh, I'm hearing more people doing it and seeing more people do it in their own way. And I love this. And I know that I have something to offer It's very particular, which brings the art of into it. The program is called The Art of Self-Marriage, and it's the biggest thing I have launched in my business ever so far. And I'm halfway through this year long program, I think almost halfway through around that point. So it was a big deal, right? It was like, I love this work. I feel called to do this work. I'm launching this big thing. Are people going to sign up? I didn't know. And I, my brain, the same human brain, not the exact brain, but (laughs) you and I don't share a brain, but you know, we both have human brains. So my human brain was like, uh, I don't know if I'm willing to fail at this. So I'm going to tell myself a story about how I'm doing research and how maybe a better time to launch is in six months. And I was really good at talking myself into avoiding the more meaningful pain, the pain that is in alignment with my path and with love, the pain that is the equivalent of loss that comes with love. Right, we can't choose to fully love someone without the risk of that pain. Right, we may lose someone by the, by them choosing, by us choosing, by one of you know them dying <laughs> or leaving. I mean, if we die first, I guess technic. I don't know how that all works out, but um, you know that's a risk, right? And we can protect ourselves our whole lives by just not letting anybody in. I'm not gonna love, I'm not gonna let them get to me. I'm gonna be my own island over here. And it's like, okay, so I won't be disappointed when someone leaves, but you know that you are, right? I mean, we can't protect ourselves (laughs) from loss, right? And uh, I think Brene Brown was talking about this as a parent in either a book, Interview Something, where it was like, you know, rehearsing how as a parent, you might go in your mind to this like idea of like your kid being you know they're going camping on a camp or going to camp for the summer and you might imagine horrible like the canoe overturning someone kidnapping them like just the bus getting into an accident whatever and just torturing yourself with this thing of it's this way of like rehearsing for the loss like okay well if I imagine all this stuff then like I'm prepared but you are never prepared For a loss like that, there's no way you could be. And what you end up doing instead is wasting time and energy fantasizing about something that is so painful when you could be spending that time and energy in a loving place, in a place of gratitude and joy, Um, really anything other than torturing yourself with horrible fantasies, right? Because your whole body... I mean, you know this, right? Your body can't tell the difference. When we watch a horrible movie, when we watch the news, when we fantasize about someone leaving us or something failing, our body feels it. We, you know, go into the emotions of it. It has an impact on us, right? And it doesn't save you. Rehearsing it doesn't prepare you at all. I... So where was I? <laughs> um, so I almost tried to talk myself out of this course, launching this course. And very happily, I, you know, I think I, I, I want to pat myself on the back past Danette for putting her hand up in, um, to my marketing coach, Simone Soul, who, if you haven't been follow- if you are an entrepreneur, particularly if you're a coach, um, you just want to check out Simone Soul, Um, because she's fabulous and wonderful. So she basically called me out and was just like, you're not willing to like feel the icky feelings <laughs> of failure, but you haven't even started yet. She was just like, "She." it was great. And I knew she, at this point, I knew what she was going to say. That's why I signed up to Be coached by her. And um, so there was a part of me that was like, okay, Danette, I'm pretty sure this logical brain is cute and all, but like I had some doubts. I knew I was chickening out of something. And that was all I needed before doing the push, before really clicking over. I was, I thought I was sure that I was excited about launching this program and I knew it was a big leap and it was a big deal for me. And um, there was that little tiny part of me that wasn't quite on board, <laughs> that just didn't really want it. It was like, I'm, I'll be on board as long as I don't fail. And so I thought about the worst case scenario. What would, am I, what would I be avoiding? What am I unwilling to feel? And once I really sat with that and was willing to feel whatever discomfort, whatever um, confusion or shock or whatever would come with somehow like the worst case scenario which is i launch a program i pour my heart and soul into and nobody wants it like nobody shows up to this i'm throwing this party and there's nobody there right this is a there's a lot of feelings that can come up around this a lot of questions that could come up right maybe you can think of something in your life where you're putting yourself out there You're really like starting a podcast, sharing your story, doing something that is like, I love this. I want to share this. But, you know, it's like when you throw a party and nobody comes, you have to face that, right? That is always a slim chance, but there's always, there's a chance. I know a couple this happened to. They were uh, friends of my parents and were just known for their parties and, um, One time they threw a party and I guess everyone just thought, well, everyone else is going to go. And for whatever reason, there was only one couple that came and these parties were ragers and then all of a sudden the four of them are sitting in the living room and they had cleaned and bought all the, you know, refreshments and all that stuff and they had to sit there. Was that an uncomfortable moment? I'm sure it was, right? But that is just part of the risk of life. We can't avoid painful experiences. Dear listener, I wish that I could spare you pain, kind of, but not really, because then I would be robbing you of the growth of the strength. When we are willing to feel all the feelings, they're less scary. Um, I was just watching a episode of something and I can't remember what it was. Someone was giving advice to someone on Netflix and it was like about being chased around. Where was it? It was on Sweet Magnolias. That's what I was watching. And so it was like, you know, when the boys used to chase the girls at recess and then my mama told me that, you know, they can't chase you if you're not running, (laughs) which is great. I love that. So You know, this hovering feeling, if you imagine your emotions, your fear chasing you, if you're not running, it can't haunt you. It can't run after you. It will sit with you for a bit and then the breeze will just move it on. There will be other things for you to feel, but the running is exhausting. All of the choices that you're making to choose these other pains, it might seem in the short term, and it might in the short term, actually be giving you relief. Right. But it's short term. And oh, dear listener, if you have dreams like I know you do, I want those dreams for you. I want you to know the joy of letting them grow, of being brave, of getting on that stage of opening your mouth, of singing your song, metaphorically, whatever that is. So this is where you can start to identify what am I unwilling to feel and what would it look like if I decided and I allowed myself to feel those things. If you tell someone that you love them, you risk not being told, I love you back. And what an amazing experience to be able to say that first to someone. To be able to say, I think I'm falling for you and not know what you're gonna hear back. It's a gift for you because even if you're humiliated in the moment, later on, you will feel so brave. You will know that you can speak to, that you gave it a shot. You won't be wondering five years later, like, oh, I don't know, maybe if I'd said something, like you won't have any of that wasted thought energy. You'll be like, I put my heart out there and then I got the truth. And also, not that you're doing this for someone else, but what a gift. Like if you can, if you love someone, please tell them. I mean, (laughs) obviously there's, I'm sure there's lots of circumstances that this is a very simplified unsolicited advice from this podcast episode, but what a gift, even if you don't love someone back, to just be told that someone loves you and cares about you. It's amazing. And because it's such a scary thing, I think it doesn't happen nearly as often as people are actually being loved, you know? So, dear listener, be gentle with yourself as always, and see if you can move into, if you're willing to feel even just a little more, because you wanna also respect your capacity, right? You wanna also be respecting your nervous system, so you wanna be gentle, right? gentle and moving into your healing edge, right? So um, this is something that you will know how to navigate yourself, right? I've learned a lot, as I've mentioned before, about my own nervous system and about the nervous system in general, which certainly was helpful in the last two years, but I started (laughs) learning about it more specifically uh, in 2018 after my concussion. And, you know, there's this, no one can tell but you, where, you're, where you're, like, your range is, right? Like there was a lot of ways in which I needed to keep myself safe. And to someone else that might look like I'm, I don't know, playing small or being stubborn or something, but they're not living in my body, right? And no one else is living in yours but you. So I knew, I knew that this was the gentle pace I needed. I knew that when to reach out a little bit, And like take a little bit more of a risk and then come and like make sure that I'm just soothing myself right and being like it's okay you didn't die (laughs) you did a scary thing you're gonna be okay right so lots of reassurance here as you look into these places I can't promise you anything but if I could (laughs) I would promise you that your willingness to feel uncomfortable Your willingness to risk loss, to risk some embarrassment, to risk things being questioned, uh, to risk relationships, maybe revealing what they really are. Um, You know, these things are scary, but your willingness to feel what it is, what there is to feel, it will free you and it will open up so many beautiful things in your life. I really believe this. I know that it's true for me. And I also know the importance of going at a loving pace, which is also one of the first things I mention in the art of self-marriage for the whole course and for your relationship with you. And this goes to you also, sweet listener, with anything that's going on. What's the loving pace? You know, lately, as I've been talking to anyone in my life with work, home, family, all of it, you know, it seems like we're just, we have been, and we are just like really moving through some big transitions here. Some of us, you know, at different paces than others in different ways, and we're all doing it together, but there's ways in which that, you know, there's work that's only ours to do on the inside for us to not just do alone, but to understand, right? It's like if there's this spirit inside you giving you messages about what you need, That's your job to tend to that voice so that not that it's all up to you to tend to everything by yourself and be like a you know an island who doesn't need anybody but so that then you can get the help you need so that then you can lean into a friend or some other form of support or community and you can say this is what I need I know what I need you know vulnerability is risky At its nature right we that's why we feel vulnerable we're not sure what's going to happen we're exposing something and you know this is this is the trait you know people willing to be vulnerable are the most courageous people again according to Brene Brown's research right so I started with (laughs) 1984 splash <laughs> and a mermaid in New York City and uh, I want to take this moment to thank one of my favorite mermaids the sea witch the tech witch Alison Tar of Tech Coven uh, she was the one who swam up to me and nudged this podcast up and over and into the airwaves and I am so grateful you can check out Alison Tar if you are looking for a web developer also uh, you can look up Tech Coven on YouTube and just on the big old internet and see what she's up to there. So dear listener, be well, thank you so much for listening to this and spending this time here at the soft shoulder. I know your time is precious. I know you can only spend it, not save it. And so I am very grateful that you are here spending it with me. And I feel like when you're spending time here at the soft shoulder, you're really spending time with yourself. So thank yourself for listening to messages of what I hope positivity, encouragement, growth, and most of all, love. Dear listener, you are someone worth loving. It all starts with you. Take beautiful care of yourself. and wish you peace. We'll talk to you soon.